So today starts our Advent series as a church. This is our Christmas series. And we're not just celebrating Advent as a church here at LifePoint, but it's celebrated around the world. The Capital C Church celebrates Advent. And so to be a part of that message today, we get to have five of our staff members and I'm gonna introduce them to you. They're gonna come up and each of them are gonna have a part of the message. We want you to cheer them on and be excited for them as they do this, as it's their first time up here on a Sunday. So I'm gonna go ahead and intro them and y'all can help me welcome them. So first up we have, he is our small groups pastor. He's been on the team for just over two years and he's a friend to everyone he meets. Would you give it up for Pastor Willie Simpson. Okay, next up, she is an amazing leader and director of our Kid Point Ministry, which is our largest ministry here at church. She's an amazing army wife, mama, and she's pretty hilarious. So let's give it up for Natalie Villegas. Let's go, Natalie. (laughs) Okay. Our third speaker, he is our student ministry pastor. He serves alongside his amazing wife, Jessica, and he has been not only just a rock with our student ministry, but also setting the culture of worship in our church. Let's give it up for Pastor Jeray. Let's go, let's go. Okay, batting cleanup today. He's an important part of our global reach of our church because he's our online campus pastor and a new dad. And we love having Pastor Christian Christensen. All right, and last but not least, so we have Michael, t- tell us. We've titled this day our Fresh Faces Sunday. Many of these are fresh faces to you. All of these guys have been a part of our church for a long time and on staff for the last few years, but we are excited for all these fresh faces to bring the word to you. And today, uh, very excited to introduce our first speaker, our host for the day. She is full of joy, incredibly witty, brilliant at developing others and building our online and social media platform and presence for our church. Would you give it up for our great friend, our host of the day, Shelby Knuckles, everybody. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. As Pastor Mike said, my name is Shelby, and I get the privilege of serving on our media team here. Um, And the way I like to frame it, I spend a lot of time in the social media world. So for a lot of us, that can feel like the DMV. You know, you get there, there's a lot going on, and everybody hates you and you don't know them. I want to apologize on behalf of the entire social media world for that. I try to be a shining face there and give some fun encouragement and discipleship there. And I love what I get to do. I also love this time of year. Christmas time is my favorite time. I love gifts. I love wrapping them. I love unwrapping them. I love giving them. I love shopping for them. I love the whole thing. Shopping, not so much, but the rest of the stuff. I love, Um, and Christmas has always started for me on November 1st, of course, the Lord's Day, um, because I just can't wait, but also, I mean, how many of you guys are like me? You want to put that tree up early. Anybody in here? Then how many of you, you see the Grinch in his cave, and you're thinking, is there room for me in there? Yeah? That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I see you back there. Um, Whoever you are, I need you to know Christmas starts on November 1st for me because I have grown up my whole life with family who have a florist and a gift shop. 
um, who wrap gifts just like these right here. And that is the weekend that they debut their Christmas open house. And I'm gonna take you there for a minute. Every single ornament, ribbon, box is hung from every possible thing. Every wall has a minimum of 200 nail holes where things have been hung before. Um, and there's gifts for literally everyone. No matter uh, what you need, they have got it for you. The whole place smells like fresh baked goods and sausage because sausage is the Christmas meat, of course. Um, and we make it all kinds of different ways and it's truly a joyful time of year. Um, every time that I'm there also is when I start to feel the expectation and the nostalgia that comes with Christmas. And many of you understand what I'm saying. So we've got this nostalgia of days of yore, as you could say, um, where the trees were certain ways and the dressing was a certain way and you chose ham over turkey because ham is better. Um, and we have this nostalgia of what it's been. And then we're also holding expectation for what we desire for it to be this year. Um, we're thinking about who's gonna be around the table and what gifts we're gonna get. And we, there's a tug of war, right? Because we want it to be like it was, but we also want the new. Um, and the Jewish people, where we pick up our story every Christmas, had this same tug of war. But they didn't have nostalgia like we do. It had been 400 years since they had experienced um, Jesus or the speaking of prophetic word. There, a prophet had not come for 400 years to explain to them this, um, the good news, basically. So they are holding on to nostalgia like you hold on to a story you've heard a long time, for a long time. I mean, like, America, I think 400 years, that, that gives you a good frame of reference of how long this would be. Um, but then they also have a lot of expectations because, I mean, your kids have expectations for the gifts they're getting and they saw it on TV last night, right? But these people had 400 years to build up an expectation for what they wanted to receive or who this king would be. And they had ideas about who he would be. He would be probably someone who would take over the kingdom. Maybe he would fix tax reform. He was gonna change some policies. That's, that's how big they were thinking. And really in, in retrospect, not that big, but that's what they, they had lots of expectations about who he was going to be. Now we're trying to squeeze all this time out of this season and we're thinking about all the gifts that we're going to get, but we want you to see today that Advent is a season that has four gifts. Now what is Advent? Advent um, defined as the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event, but for us the Christian church is a season leading up to Christmas and it includes four preceding Sundays, each with a theme, hope, love, joy and peace. And today my friends and I want you to see this Advent season as one like the florist that's full of gifts and each of these gifts, hope, love, joy and peace. Um, we want you to see them and we wanna take you back to a time where waiting for these gifts was a way of life. And if you'll give it up for my friend Willie, he's gonna bring our first gift. What's up LifePoint Church? How we doing today? As mentioned earlier, my name is Willie, and I have the awesome privilege of serving you as your small group's pastor. And I'm excited this morning to bring to you the first gift that Christ brings us, and that is the gift of hope. Can everybody say hope? You know, growing up, my favorite time of the year was getting that toy catalog in the mail. Come on, somebody. 
Who here remembers the Toys R Us store, huh? Toys R Us, huh? Hey, you remember when Sears used to sell toys? Now, this is for my OGs. Y'all remember KB Toy Store? They sold everything, my God. You can get truck parts at KB Toy Store. You can buy an oil filter right next to a Barbie, bless God. So the year of our Lord was 1988. That's how, that's how the sanctified folks say it. And the KB Toy Catalog had just arrived at our doorstep. My brother and I scooped it up, flipped to the first page, and we saw it there shining like the Holy Grail from Indiana Jones. Y'all, I'm talking about the Nintendo Entertainment System. Come on, somebody. I feel my joy coming. My, my brother and I, we screamed our way into our mother's room, and we said, Mama, can we please get a Nintendo for Christmas? We'll do the dishes. We'll cut the grass. We'll change the oil. We'll build a new house, whatever we got to do. Mama finally relented, said she would buy us the Nintendo for Christmas. Y'all, the heavens opened up, the heavenly choir began to sing, and a tidal wave of hope washed over me. I told everybody who would listen, my mama get me a Nintendo for Christmas. Every single day until the week of Christmas, I carried that toy catalog with me. We was at the commissary. You know what? My mama get me a Nintendo for Christmas. I was at school, my mama getting me a Nintendo for Christmas. I'm in the dentist's office, my mama giving me a Nintendo for Christmas. See, hope had fueled my video game evangelism, come on somebody, and I'm happy to report that year I received my Nintendo for Christmas. Ain't God good? Don't tell me prayer don't work. And we know... We know what it feels like to be hopeful, don't we, church? It, it changes the way that we live. We understand what it feels like when you just can't contain that, that hope, whether it's about an, uh, an impending graduation, an upcoming promotion, or a pregnancy announcement. Hope fuels the way that we live, amen? But the people of Israel, they find themselves without hope. Uh, they were oppressed, they were hurting, and they were drowning in despair. You see, they had no direction, no guidance, no purpose. They were hopeless. And as Shelby said earlier, they hadn't received a word from God in 400 years. But how many of you know that just because God is silent, it doesn't mean that he's still. He's always moving. Amen? So since you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read a story um, that exemplifies hope. Uh, starting at verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. So we see Anna here as a prophetess, which I think is telling because she served as the mouthpiece of God. And it's within these two verses that we see amidst pain and tragedy that she has experienced. You know, she's married young. Her husband dies after seven years of marriage, and now she's lived as a widow for the rest of her life. But notice what she's doing in verse 37. She's worshiping, she's fasting, and she's praying. And why is she doing this? Well, church, I've come to tell you today, it's because she had hope. She had hope in Christ. You see, faith fueled her life, but hope fueled her faith. Can I say that again? Listen, it's faith that fuels our lives, but it's hope that fuels our faith. Night and day, Anna was at the temple in hopeful expectation of the Messiah's arrival. She hadn't even seen Jesus yet, but she remained committed to worshiping, fasting, and praying. Church, this is what real hope looks like. It isn't luck, 
chance, or crossing your fingers behind your back. But real hope is defined as this, confident assurance in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. You see, she wasn't at the temple in case Jesus was going to show up. No, she was at the temple day and night because she knew that Jesus was going to show up. You see, Romans 5 says that hope makes us unashamed. Can I tell you today that there is nothing that can steal the hope that you have in Christ? Why is that? Because it's not predicated on the economy, on the White House, or your bank account. You see, real hope doesn't waver in the midst of a bad relationship, a troubled past, or a bad diagnosis. No, church, real hope is found in Jesus Christ, the long-awaited Messiah who was alive now and forevermore. And I want you to notice, church, what Anna is doing the moment that she sees the Messiah. Go to verse 38. It says, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him, Jesus, to all who were waiting for redemption in Jerusalem. Anna, she became a hope dealer. Somebody say hope dealer. You see, hope changes the way that we live. We can't just keep it to ourselves. You guys remember my Nintendo story, right? The moment I found out I was getting one for Christmas, I told everybody who would listen. And notice what the Bible says about the people in Israel. They were waiting for redemption. Church, we're living in a second advent. The world today is waiting for redemption. And we have the hope of Jesus Christ on the inside of us. So I charge you today, I challenge you today, be bold like Anna and tell everybody that you know about Jesus Christ, the long-awaited Messiah who brings salvation and redemption in Jesus' name. And you know what it is that fuels our hope? What is it that leads us to share? It's the love of God. And I'm excited to have my friend Nelly Viegas tell us more about this amazing gift of love. Thank you, really. All righty, y'all. As all the kiddos with Kid Foy would say, me turn. Um, my name is Natalie, and I get to serve as the Kid Point director here. Um, I love serving kids, and I love serving you guys, too, um, because we know that kids just don't come as a one deal. It's a whole package deal. Our kids that we get to have in Kid Point come with grown-ups. They come with their moms or their dads. They come with their bonus moms and their bonus dads. Some of them even come with their adopted parents. And alongside, they come with their siblings and their cousins, and I love that. And one of the biggest joys that I love serving is the fact that I get to serve alongside people who are probably just as passionate or even more as passionate about serving kids and families. People like the Kid Point team, people like our Kid Point Dream Teamers and our Kid Point interns. And I now get the privilege of presenting our second Advent gift. Mine is not wrapped because ain't nobody got time for that. Like, you know, just saying. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for any of that. Um, let me first start off by asking everyone this question. Are you ready? What is love? And if any of you immediately answer that question with baby, don't hurt me, don't, hold, don't hurt me no more, point to yourself and say, I'm cool. Who did it? You did it? There she goes. She's ready for it. Um, let's just say, baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more. Um, but see, I'm really glad that church accepts everyone because if you didn't know that song, then you and I clearly, we're not friends. Okay, anyways. Um, I love music. I always have some sort of a song that's stuck in my head. I also love placing bets. You can ask Pastor Mike about that. But if you wanna know who's winning the bets, you gotta ask Pastor Stephanie. Here's a song, here's a bet for every single one of you. I'm willing to bet that definitely 
if not all of you, definitely most of you, have learned to define and frame your idea of what love is based off of some personal experiences and relationships. I'm also willing to bet that definitely some of you, because of some past hurts and experiences in relationships, it would probably be a lot easier for you to give me the idea of what love is not, yeah? Okay. But what if I said, what if I proposed, instead of holding on to either one of those ideas, instead I said, lean into identifying who love is, okay? So let me explain. There's a lot of things that good or bad or right or wrong that a lot of us are identified as. But when you look at me, clearly I identify as Hispanic, yes? Okay, well, if you would have met me at the age of six, you would have seen that my mom was determined to identify me as the girliest girl the world could ever possibly see, okay? My mom, mama, she used to dress me in these big poofy bows and an even bigger poofier dress. But see, I'm Hispanic. All of you guys know what that means, right? No? Okay, let me tell you. It means that we had a quinceañera dress the minute that I was born, every single day of the week, these big poofy dresses. And my mom would dress me in these monstrosities and I would look like a stinking marshmallow. But she would think, I was like, oh, hija, you look cute. No, I don't, mama. But here's what I don't get. I don't get why we were dressed particularly on Sundays because from what I've learned, Sundays are for church. You're supposed to be churching on Sundays. But when I was six years old, Ain't nobody in my house going to church. We were all heathens. So this is what I've decided. I've decided we were all going to H-E double hockey sticks. We were heathens and I just needed to look really pretty for it. I was meant to be a marshmallow, but I was meant to be really toasty. Get it? Okay. Anyways, so we'll go into high school and now I am on a soccer team, typical, and I'm identified as an athlete but I'm identified as an athlete to the T because I was the kind of athlete that stayed ready during season and off season. And of course, there's more seasons in my life, more experiences in my life that would lead me to identify as other things, such as a sister, a mom, a wife, a military spouse. Anybody else a military spouse? I've also had harder experiences that would lead me to also identify as a victim of abuse and someone who was really, really lost but I've also mistakenly misidentified myself as someone who was meaningless, someone who was hopeless, someone who was worthless. Just me. See, here's the thing. God also mistakenly gets misidentified all of the time. Because for some of us, we think he's the guy that's in the cloud. He's got this tool belt filled with lightning bolts and he's ready to strike you anytime. Ready like boom, punishment, boom, judgment. And he's like this, gotcha. But then there's some of us that identify him as some sort of a genie where it's like, hey guy, I really need you to go ahead and appear right now. I really need this wish to happen. But for us, we call it a need. I really need you to show up because I need you to do this for me. But you know what? Immediately once the need is done, go ahead and go back to where you came from. I don't need you anywhere else. Oh, but don't worry. I'll let you know when I need you again. Okay? See, Earlier, I asked the question, what is love? And some of you would have given me an idea. Some of you would have given me some song lyrics, if you're cool. But here's the thing. When we ask God the question, what is love? And when we allow God to be the one to answer what is love, he answers with two words. He says, I am. 
And when you go back into the book of John and you read 1 John 4.16, scripture tells us God is love. God's idea of love was never an idea. It was an identification. It was a characteristic. It was an attribute. God identifies himself as love itself, meaning God is the ultimate originator of love. He is the ultimate expression. He is the ultimate definition. God is love, period. So repeat after me. Say, God is love. love. Now say, God is loving. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God so loved that he gave. To give is to gift. And this so loving God gifted us this so loving gift wrapped in common cloth and hay, a gift that would dwell with us in the form of a baby. His love, so vast, so wide, it was meant for the entire world. And his gift of love would change the course of history. This so incomprehensible kind of love that when you read in Romans 5, 8, it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, for me, for you, for my homies in the back, for the people that are coming in after you, even for the people that have yet made their way into church, people like some of the people in my family. God is love and a love on full demonstration and display on the cross because love takes action. A love shown in power through the resurrection of Jesus Christ because in return for God's love, we get to have a life with Jesus. God is loving because God is love. So repeat one more time. Say, God is love. love. Say, God is loving. loving. Now you can shrug your shoulders like this if you want, but definitely quietly to yourself, ask yourself, but am I, am I loving? We talked 1 John. 416, and it says, God is love. And that verse follows up with saying, all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So, who's living in you? Would the spirit living in you be able to identify who love is? Are you relying on God's spirit to help you love even when things are hard or difficult? My grandpa used to say, Hita, you ain't got to look too far to see the dirt underneath your shoes. And we know we don't have to look too far to see the difficulties that we have in this world. So maybe, just maybe, maybe this season, now that you know that God is love and he is loving, maybe it's time that you would identify yourself with this love. Maybe this is the season you could live in that love or gift that love by forgiving that family member, by forgiving that friend. Maybe this is the season that you would identify yourself as someone being generous with your finances or with your time to the Lord or to somebody also in need. Or maybe you would live in God's love 
by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you, transform you, change you, and change some of those addictions, or you submit an attitude or certain attitudes. Y'all, kid point, we watch your kids. Some of your babies got a bunch of attitude. I know attitude, okay? I got an attitude for every day of the year. Don't play. Look, we could all be a little more loving this season. And we could be a little more loving by praying with others or for others. We can pray with the people that are closest to us. But this season, especially pray for those who do not know the love of Jesus and that they too would discover his love this season. It is by the truth that God is love that I not just identify as a mom or a wife or a military spouse, but I fully also identify as a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. See, God is love, God is loving, and his loving gift named Jesus is good news, meant to bring joy to all people. And as C.S. Lewis would say, joy is the serious business of heaven. I have a friend that gets to come up and he gets to present this, the next gift. Everyone give it up for Hip Hip Jeray. Oh, Life Point Church. How you doing? That's great. Listen, my name is Jeray and I get this awesome privilege to serve here at Life Point Church as your student pastor. And I want to just take a moment and give a special shout out to our student worship team and all my Life Point student fam and audience. What's up? Yes. Listen, man, today I get the awesome privilege to present to you my gift, joy. Joy, joy, joy. Natalie, I wrapped mine. Um, just wanted to let you know. So today, this season takes me back to my middle school and high school years. It takes me back to a time in my community where our local high school would put on a Christmas concert. And this wasn't like your typical concert, you know, Christmas concert, you sing your little Christmas carols. This was a like blow your mind kind of concert. Our choral director would put such an amazing service together that in that moment, you didn't think that it was just high school students performing before you. I mean, we had families of all different backgrounds gathered together and, and clapping and standing in, uh, and giving ovations and, and crying. It was just this anticipation and this celebration in the air like none other. I remember in, in middle school, like uh, watching my sister walk around the house humming and singing some of these songs in different languages. And I just, man, I can't wait for my moment. I can't wait for the opportunity for me to get to high school and be able to sing these songs. I had butterflies in my stomach, even kind of like now, like look at my hands, like, ooh, shaking. Because it was just this joy and this excitement in the air. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, in this moment right now, can you imagine getting that text message of the best news that you've ever heard? I mean, like, I don't know that Christmas order is going to arrive just on time. Come on, somebody. Or maybe it's this. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's those test results. I mean, we got some APSU people here today, and graduation's right around the corner, and you're looking for that job offer. Maybe it's that. But whatever 
that note or that good news is, man, you are now moved from just being happy to where you become overjoyed. Something happened and your mood, your attitude begin to change. You see, the Christian understanding of the word joy is this. It's choosing a feeling of good pleasure and happiness dependent on who Jesus is, not on who you are or what is happening around you. You see, joy comes from the Holy Spirit. I'm excited to tell you today that joy comes from abiding in the presence of God. You know, joy comes from the hope that we find in his word. And today we're looking at Luke chapter 2, hanging out there. And I want to encourage you to please read the entire chapter of Luke chapter 2 in your leisure. It's a great read. It's Luke's perspective of the birth of Jesus. And for the sake of time today, we're going to jump down to uh, about verse 9. But right at verse 8, Jesus is born. And these angels, this angel has appeared to some shepherds keeping watch in the field. In verse 9, if you will, we're going to pick up there. And it says this. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, fear not, I bring you good news of great joy. Come on, somebody, that's something to shout about right there. And it will be for all people. In our text today, Luke has painted this picture of the presence of God. When he says this statement right here, the glory of the Lord was shown around them. What I love about this statement is before the words had even came out of his mouth that I bring you good news of great joy, the presence of God had surrounded these shepherds keeping watch in the field. What I love about hearing, looking at these shepherds, it's the demand of their job. I mean, we got any military guys in the house tonight? Come on. I imagine these shepherds being like some fifth group guys, just keeping watch of their flock, got their staffs posted up, and they're looking out for predators, and out of nowhere, boom, pow, this angel appears. Talk about a sensory overload, and it wasn't a silent night. Come on. This night was not silent. But I look at these guys, and I'm looking at how they were filled with great fear. And to even read a little bit further and see how Luke paints this picture, God comes to them first. They didn't have to go and get rid of their fear. They didn't have to go and search for this good news. But God saw it fitting for these shepherds to receive this news first. Man, that's awesome to me. It goes on to say this right here. Check this out. The fear that they felt, the fear that they had was overtaken by a greater joy. And that joy was Jesus. And for us today, that joy was and still is, can I get a big amen? Jesus. This good news of this great joy. Um, I love how it, it, it says this. The angel said there's, there's more. There's more to this story. Um, this good news of great joy is not just for these shepherds, but it was for all people. Last time I checked, it's a lot of people in this room. So this good news is for you. So listen, friends. Just like the shepherds and the world around them, we may be filled with great fear. We may, we may, um, we may be overwhelmed right now. We may even have this feeling of our, our, 
our hope, our, our joy, our love, and our peace be pivoting on situations or circumstances that are happening around us. But man, I want to let you know today, this joy is for you. And I want to invite you to choose this joy. Because listen, this joy right here, yo, this joy right here, this God type of joy, I want to, I want to let you know what this joy did for you. Check this out. This joy went to a cross. This joy was beaten. It was bruised. It was spit on. This joy died for you and for me. But what I love about this joy is this joy didn't stay dead. This joy rose with all power of heaven and earth in the palm of his hand. Not so, not so, not so, not so we would have our joy be pivoted on happiness or circumstances so that we can have a joy that's eternal. And the beautiful thing about that joy is today is Baptism Sunday. Come on, somebody. So today can be your day. This moment can be your moment to choose this joy and live in that joy today. Not, not, don't wait until you're dead. Live in this joy today. You know, earlier I was, I was talking about a, my high school choir concert, and I, I, got a, I got a chance to sing, and it was great. It was fun. I had a good time. It was everything that I imagined. But even more so now, knowing that I know, knowing what I know about this joy, knowing what I know about Jesus, knowing what I know of how he came to die for me, the songs that we were singing about the coming of a king and the, how that king has come and now he dwells on the inside of me, it compels me even more so now to, to lift up my voice and say things like, joyful, joyful Lord. We adore you, your God of glory, your Lord of love. I love how this, my heart unfolds like flowers before you. <laughs> Opening to the sun above. Listen, this is what he'll do. He'll melt the clouds of sin and sadness and he drives the dark of town away. <laughs> He's giver of immortal gladness <laughs> and he'll fill us with the light of day. Listen, today I pray that the Holy Spirit fills you with his joy. I pray that the Holy Spirit fills you and empowers you to share this good news of great joy with the world around you. And coming up next is my good friend, Pastor Christian. Come on, y'all give it up for him. Thank you. Hey, in order for all of us to keep our joy, I am not going to sing you the next part of that song. All right, okay. Well, what's up, everybody? My name is Christian, and I get to serve as our online campus pastor, and what a tragedy. They put my name slide up there, so I'll explain to you. I don't know what my parents were thinking either. (laughs) 
But man, I'm honored to be here, really. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing. And if you forget, I'll be offended. So, so, uh, so anyway, um, I get to serve with our online campus. And uh, my wonderful opportunity today is to bring you the gift of peace. But uh, before I get to that, I want to talk to you a little bit about our online campus this week. We actually got a chance to, Pastor Willie and I got a chance to lead a team to Puerto Rico on missions, and we partnered with Convoy of Hope. Now, hold your applause, because I got something way cooler than that. We had an online campus member who's joining us today. Her name is Michelle. We got in last night at 8 o'clock. Michelle flew from North Carolina to leave with us as part of our online campus and go to Puerto Rico. She got in at 1 a.m. last night. So shout out to Michelle for joining us on that mission trip. It's, it's amazing just to see what, uh, what the Lord's doing and how far we get to reach with our online campus. It's just such a blessing that uh, we get to have them join us as things just like that. But uh, hey, we've already heard hope, we've heard love, we've heard joy. And we've come down to this final gift that I've mentioned, and it is peace. Now, it was mentioned far before you or me or even Christ himself coming, but... Uh, this piece is a little bit different. This, this gift of peace is a little bit different because it's not the peace that we think of today. It's not the peace that we get when we go on that vacation or we put our toes in the sand or we lay back for a nap or even when we kick our shoes off at the end of a long day. This peace looks a little bit different. This peace is an eternal peace. And this peace started and was mentioned a long time ago. So I'm gonna pull way back here and look at the Old Testament in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, for, us, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, many of us have heard this passage, right? It's very familiar. But what a lot of us don't know is that this word peace shows up for the very first time in Isaiah. And a lot of us, when we think of peace, right, we just talked about that, that internal or maybe that external peace. But this peace, this Prince of Peace, is an all-encompassing piece of our entire self, our whole being. This piece is in and through us, and it's for then, it's for now, and forever. And so when we look at the role of peace in our lives, I want us to change a little bit of that definition. I want us to forget about the peace that the commercials offer us and start thinking about this peace that we see here in Isaiah. And I want us to look at another passage. So we've looked at the past and we've seen the foretelling, we've seen the prophecy, but now what was it like when Christ came? How did they refer to peace? What was the definition there? Well, in Luke 2, we've already talked about it a little bit, but the New Testament writers, they give us this, and it's verse 14 tells us that there would be peace, but later in verses 25 and 26, we hear, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he knew this peace was coming. Just as Natalie said, he was expecting it. The Holy Spirit had already put it on his heart that this peace was coming. And a few verses later, we hear this. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. So how incredible is this? Before he could depart, he knew he needed peace, and that peace came in the form of Jesus Christ. And so even later on, it's not the only time that we see peace, because when Jesus leaves, and that's where I'm going to stop, because that statement in and of itself is incorrect. 
He never truly left. So many people thought that when this peace came, he would stay forever, but when he departed, he left with us his Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is what gives us a trust in him that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, just like my friends up here have said, you don't get to purchase these like gifts. You don't get to walk into a Walmart, a Dollar General, grab you a little bit of hope, a little bit of joy, love, and peace, and walk back out. And you also don't get to earn this peace. So many of us think that we get to decide how we get these gifts. But the reality is there is no earning this peace. Because you can't be good enough or do enough right or follow all the rules because a lot of us know what it's like to spin our wheels. But this piece is different. This piece just asks the question, will you say yes? This piece is a piece that we accept. And so I wanna give you some personal examples because of a piece that we try to cling to. Another reminder that this piece is not about the rest that we feel at the end of a long week. This piece is not when we get that raise or finally pay off that debt. And actually, this is the most important part. This peace is greater than the peace that comes when you think you have total control of your life. I'll say that again. This peace is greater than the peace that comes when you think you have control of your life. Nothing brings a peace quite like the one that surpasses all understanding. Only God himself can do that. So I want to be encouraged and, and let you know to be encouraged that this piece is available to you now, but not in the way that you think. I'm not asking for a formula. I'm not asking you to do this and do that to gain your peace. I'm asking you to say yes. I'm asking you to accept these gifts just like Willie did with his toy when he was younger. He didn't do nothing but carry around a catalog, <laughs> but he was happy to say yes. So I'm asking you to say yes. The question is, will we receive it? Will we receive this gift? Will we receive it in our prayer, in our devotion, in our relationship with our Lord? Will we recognize that he is peace? That this peace is from one king, it's from a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and ultimately our prince of peace. He not only creates peace and brings it forth, but he himself is peace. So we find our peace in Christ, who brings salvation for all. And now, my friend Shelby is going to come close us out. Amen. Amen. So did you learn a little bit more about Advent today? You feel like you have a little bit more of an understanding of these gifts? Do they feel, like, are you holding them? Do they feel a little bit more heavy? Do they feel a little bit more full? A little bit, a little bit more like things that need to be moved up to the top of the list this year? Um, these gifts are, are for you. You don't have to earn them. You need to play with them. They, they're begging you to play with them. You, you need to give them. We, we give this hope away from a place of hope. We give love from a place of love. We give joy from a place of being joyful. We give peace from an understanding that we know we don't, we don't understand how we deserve this. We don't, we don't. We don't understand how we've been gifted with this great love, joy, hope, and peace. And, and these things are lovely and they, they give us the fuel and, and they, they fuel our faith and our walk with Jesus. But the main gift, the most priceless gift that you can receive this Christmas is the gift of salvation. 
the salvation that doesn't break and it doesn't need to be returned to the store and it's, it's comfortable to walk in. It, it breathes life into Monday and Tuesday and it makes all the rest of these gifts, they're just add-ons. It's just, I, I'm, in the, I, I'm with the presence of God and so I have hope. Um, and that's available for you today. If, if you'll take your hands and hold them out in front of you, I want you to think about, am I holding these gifts? But also if, if you're ready, you say, I, the hope, the love, the joy and peace sounds great to me, but that salvation, like that Prince of Peace, I want him in my life. If that's where you are today, if you'll open your hands and pray this with me. Pray, God, I'm all in. I believe in Jesus, that he died for me so I can live for him. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want your love. I want your hope. I want your joy. I want your peace. Help me live in a way that honors God. I don't wanna wait any longer. I want to follow you. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, come on, everybody. Yes, Can we give it up for our Fresh Faces speakers today? Yeah. So good. So good. Man, so good. We, we love our team. We love developing leaders. So thankful for an incredible team. And we wanna do this again. Uh, more often throughout the year, but thank you guys for doing this. Thank you for all your preparation and hard work. And thank you on behalf of a grateful congregation for the word that you've delivered to us today. We honor you for that yeah. today. Thank you. Yeah. LifePoint, it's an honor to serve you. We've got a great Christmas season ahead of us. We've got a great Christmas schedule. And if you need prayer for anything at all as a church family, please come down. Our prayer team would love to meet you here. Of course, we'll connect with you at the big red wall as well. If Stephanie would please just pray us out of here and we'll be dismissed for the day. Lord, thank you so much for an amazing day. Just the reminder of these four gifts of love, hope, joy, peace. God, let our hearts be full of them as we leave. We receive them and Lord, let us be willing to share those with others as well, God. We love you and I just pray blessing over every person as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Have a great week, LifePoint. We love you.